0: Do you feel that you have a life calling? I've worked with a bunch of stand-up comedians, having done stand-up a couple times in the past year or so. A lot of them say they saw Eddie Murphy do a routine when they were a kid and they felt, I must do stand-up comedy. You know, it's a really hard thing to do. You have to try to make people laugh, and at the beginning you're not funny. It takes, you have to do all the solo work. You get heckled. But people love it. Sometimes they get great at it. And it's their calling, Growing up in the 70s, I remember thinking in the 60s there was so much turmoil and so many people with civil rights, with Vietnam, so many people were taking leadership roles. And I remember thinking, I wish I lived in a time like that. Not that I wish that there were problems, but I felt like everyone would want to take a leadership role like that. It felt so natural that I felt it couldn't be just me. It must be something that everyone likes. You know, there's some food... That everybody loves. I think everybody loves apples, or pretty close. Not everybody necessarily loves Brussels sprouts. I love them. Not everybody does. I can tell when I love Brussels sprouts, not everybody loves them. But this felt more like an apple thing. I felt like everybody would want to take a leadership role. I felt everybody would want, if they had the opportunity, to give their generations' I Have a Dream speech. I thought it was universal, but maybe not. Until recently, I always felt everyone would want, if We lived in historic times where we needed great national, global leadership that everybody would want to step up. So until recently, I always felt others could probably do it better. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. I wouldn't want to compete with people who could could take on leadership roles much better. And it's dawning on me now that almost nobody wants to take a leadership role, despite the huge lack of leadership in the world. A lot of people want to criticize the existing would-be leaders. A lot of people want to write stories and books, take people down. It's dawning on me that people don't actually want to step up and take a leadership role. In fact, not many people, it seems, even want to change at all. They don't want to try to pollute less. They don't want to try to change their diet. Or maybe they'll try changing their diet or foregoing a little bit of plastic here and there, but not to change your life to live sustainably. Or to, change, to, to not think of a pandemic or being in lockdown as being a burden or a chore, but an opportunity. I mean, some people are. But I guess, you know, unit three of my book is how to, how to lead yourself. And it tells you how to change your environment's beliefs and behaviors in order to create the emotions that you want. And when you create the emotions that you want, you don't feel like it's a burden or a chore. You don't feel like you're suffering. You feel like, well, this is a challenging situation, but challenges is where people rise to the occasion. I'm going to do that which is how it feels for me. That is not me being privileged, which is, I think, what most people... Like, I've seen people comment on when someone says they're making an opportunity to this and someone says, oh, you're a white male. That's not what I'm talking about. Because anybody can do... Anyone can change their way, their outlook. Of course, Viktor Frankl is the one to go to... is, is one of my go-to people in this situation because whatever your situation, it was not you're in Auschwitz. And he was in Auschwitz, and he made his life about bliss and love. Or Jean-Dominique Boby... He's the man who experienced The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, where he had a stroke that left him locked in, where he had only control of his left eyelid. And he wrote a book that became a bestseller, a wonderful book, that when it became a movie, no one wants to be locked in and to have control over, have the only voluntary, voluntary control over your body to be your left eye, but he did. And I don't think it's an enviable life, but he made something of it. The world has changed and we have the option to change with it, it seems easy for me to change with it because the changes are obvious. Look, I'd love to live in a world where I could flap my arms and fly like a bird. I can't, but that doesn't bring me down. Well, I live in a world in which I gotta wear a mask. That doesn't bring me down. It doesn't make me feel bad. It could, but I readjust my environments, beliefs, and behaviors the parts that I can control. I can teach others to do this, and the few who get it, they love their lives, it improves their lives. But it seems most people don't want to do this. But maybe people are just waiting for someone, and I can or should be that person. This is kind of weird for me to think. It's crazy for me to think that nobody wants to do it, or very few want to do it. I just don't see people wanting to do it. I see lots of people finding ways to make money off of it, but not necessarily up others, to change some small part of a system, which is to say an element which doesn't create the systemic change that we need to get with the times. Here's one of the ways that I've realized that people wouldn't want to do it. I've asked a bunch of people the following, I don't really call it, hypothetical situation. And it's magical, so, you know, it's not for real. But here's the challenge, or here's the question. Imagine some genie could snap his fingers, and you get two choices. Choice A is you become magically Nelson Mandela. Back before he became the big historic Nelson Mandela, you might know he was uh, a lawyer, boxed in his spare time. I think he went out and had good times out in the town. I think he was known as like, not a playboy, but like a guy who had fun. Okay, you get to become him then. And now you still are you. You get to observe it. But what will happen somehow magically is that you will live Nelson Mandela's life. And unlike him, you'll know exactly what will happen. And so you'll become an organizer of the African National Congress and so forth. And you'll eventually become president, a great historical figure. You'll become the first black president of a country that was once run by apartheid. That's option A. Option B is you become Nelson Mandela at the same time, but you get to make whatever choice you want. He was having a good time, and I guess you could, you could go out and have a, have a good time. You might know the future, and know maybe you'd move out of South Africa and have an enjoyable life. Now here's the thing. Choice A, you become, you have a 100% chance. There's zero doubt you will become the Nelson Mandela, the great historical figure. Keep in mind, you're gonna be in prison for 27 years. If you pick choice B, you're probably going to have a really enjoyable life, but the world does not get Nelson Mandela. It's possible that someone more effective would pop up. It's also possible that apartheid would continue through 2020. I've asked a bunch of people, which would you pick? A, you become the historical Nelson Mandela, to some extent a liberator of a country obviously many, many teammates. He wasn't the only one. Or B... You get to have a really great, enjoyable life. I think a couple of people have kind of, weren't really sure, but most people are choosing B, which is to me very strange. I would imagine most people would pick A. I mean, yes, you're in prison for 27 years, but you know how it's gonna end. I thought all the people competing to be leadership gurus, I live in a world of leadership coaching. I coach these very successful people, and I help them become yet more successful. And there are a lot of leadership coaches out there. There are a lot of people writing leadership books. I thought these people who were becoming leadership gurus would, when push comes to shove, if there was a historical moment, want to lead, that is to lead on a national or global level, to change national or global systems. None of them seem to want to step up. As far as I can tell, they want to continue coaching on a small scale. It doesn't make sense to me. There's leadership. There's a huge demand for leadership. You can't open a paper today without reading some editorial saying we are missing leadership. Would-be leaders could be doing this. They're not. And no one, it doesn't seem like they want to step up. And the people who are leading corporations or would be leading corporations, they just want to manage it. It seems they don't want to step outside their role and take on bigger, bigger roles. I guess they just want to keep managing companies and organizations, maybe lead small groups, but not take on leadership roles for the world or even for the nation. I think they want to make money. They want to live a comfortable life. But taking risks, I don't see people stepping up. I see a 16-year-old Greta stepping up I'm not sure what vision she has for the world or for herself. She calls her panic. I hope that's evolved since then. But that doesn't seem like leadership. It seems like it's burgeoning leadership, and I hope it will become. And by the time she's my age, she'll be far more of a leader than I ever have been. But I'm coming to terms with stepping up. Me stepping up. It seems like there's a role for people who are acting in stewardship, who are living by the values that others espouse but aren't actually themselves living up to it. That also means figuring out what that means. I've been so long thinking, others are going to step up. I'll help them. Before I started my podcast, I looked around to find an organization that was doing what I thought was necessary, but they were all doing stuff that was, as best I could tell, great for another time. But the world had changed, and they didn't want to lead what I believe is necessary. Years before starting my podcast, I thought about taking a leadership role. It hit me that if I were to succeed, that would mean that I would end up taking on the Koch brothers and owners of huge assets that derive their value from fossil fuels. They were polluting, but they probably didn't see it that way. And I was was putting myself on a direct course to compete with people who were much bigger and much more experienced and much more money than me. That was very scary. I could be attacked. Martin Luther King, Gandhi, they were killed for what they did. Although I didn't see taking a leadership role in the environment as a life or death thing, those were my role models anyway. And I realized when I first started thinking about speaking on the podcast and then maybe on bigger occasions later, I realized that I think that when Martin Luther King had the opportunity to speak on the Washington Mall, he probably didn't want to give the speech. I bet he thought to himself, is there anyone else who could do this? I guess I have to. I mean, he'd prepared for it for a long time, not for that particular speech, although he was prepared for it. I bet he was really nervous about it. I bet he didn't want to do it. I'm not sure, but it sounds pretty scary. Although, you know, when I think about When I teach people to take initiative, a lot of them think, oh, I'm scared about success. They don't say it like that, but they think of what happens. Maybe I'll take on something really big and I won't be able to handle it. And I have to remind them when someone goes to play Carnegie Hall, the last thing they did before playing Carnegie Hall wasn't their first scale. They're not worried about their fingers hitting the wrong key if it's playing piano. Because just before playing Carnegie Hall, they played a nearly Carnegie Hall venue. And before that one, they played a nearly that venue. And before that, a nearly that venue. And before, you know, if you go all the way back, there was their, when the first time they played a recital for public people, people they didn't know in the audience, well, the one before that was people that they didn't know that well. Before that was, you know, somewhere it was for their first family members. Before that was the first time they played with their teacher. And all these little baby steps, by the time you reach the big time, you're not worried about these small things. So maybe Martin Luther King was ready for it. I'm not sure. But... It's still kind of weird for me to think. Is it crazy for me to think of taking on a role like theirs, like King, Gandhi, Mandela, and so on? Does anybody else want to? Do other people want to do it and they're trying but aren't making their way to? Or do they not want to do it and they're not trying? Up until very recently, I thought everybody was chomping at the bit to change first and want to take on these changes. But I guess not. So I'm still figuring out how. I'm deciding to act, part of what I'm saying right here, right now, to you, to this microphone right here, is that I'm deciding to act more assertively. I'm telling myself, it's time to step up. If you see ideas or opportunities that I don't, please tell me, because most of the advice that's out there is how to gain market share, it's how to sell more books, it's how to do well for yourself. Or if it's in stewardship, it's how to do small-scale things, not how to change the world. But I feel like that's what we need. When we say... What we've been saying for decades, for generations, is if we don't change now, say, reducing our greenhouse gas emissions, changing our culture in different ways, we're gonna have to change really fast later on. And everyone's like, well, we'll do it later. Well, now we have to do it really fast. And I think no matter how fast we change, still there's going to be lots of really big troubles, meaning economies shattered, meaning populations dropping. That means people dying in large numbers, which means wars over resources, which means it's a lot easier for demagogues and warlords to pop up than for calm voices. That's what I see could happen. The longer we don't act, becomes more and more likely, which tells me it's time to act, which tells me i got to figure this out. I can't believe there aren't lots of other people trying to figure it out, but I don't see it. So in the meantime, as long as I see people preferring choice B from the genie of, you know, I'd just rather live a comfortable life, and hopefully I'll be gone before it really hits the fan, This is shocking to me, but I guess in the meantime, I see why I feel unique in finding the joy in not flying by choice. It's still nearly incomprehensible to me that people can learn how their behavior hurts others. I just read about how many people are suffering in Bangladesh from sea levels rising, from being displaced from their homes. And on a per capita basis, we in the US and Europe and the West are emitting way more greenhouse gases than them. They're suffering first. It'll come to us soon enough. They're suffering first, but for our emissions and our, our ancestors' emissions, our culture's emissions, and we're not changing. And it's just shocking to me that people can, can be faced with responsibility. Responsibility to me means that's something I'd like. I like taking responsibility for things, especially behavior of mine, that others would be hurt by and that they're helpless to prevent. I think... We love taking responsibility for actions to stop hurting others that are helpless to defend themselves against our would-be harm, but nobody seems to want to do it. They just want to say, look, it's not me, it's others. It's still crazy to me that people make that choice. I hope to change culture that is people's hearts and minds, that is people's stories, their beliefs, their experiences, their role models, so that It's natural to do those things, and we want to do those things, to take responsibility for our actions. How exactly to make that happen? It's not like someone saying, let's have a speech on the mall. Josh, do you want to do it? And I'm not trying to compete for people to get market share for their leadership coaching stuff. I mean, my clients like working with me, my students like working with me, but to work on a bigger scale, to change on a global level, it's not obvious how to get that out there. I mean, a lot of people don't want to change. But is it so outlandish to try? To take my word that you will like the change if you try it. That broccoli tastes better than Doritos. And I mean that writ large across your life. Going back to living in harmony with nature, not stepping on the gas, realizing that we're heading toward a cliff or brick wall. Is it so crazy to think that we'll all be glad when we make that change, and we can? Is it so crazy to imagine that economists all or nearly all misunderstand what finite planet means, and that growth, not just economic growth, but population growth, has to end, and way below. We are in overshoot, and that we can lower our population, and know that doesn't mean going back to the Stone Age. It can mean more prosperity, and abundance, and peace for everybody. Well, that's the vision that I have. I guess I have to explain it more, and get it out there, This is me struggling with what seems to me a tremendous opportunity, but no one else seems to see it that way, to take on a leadership role, to create a culture of responsibility and stewardship. And yes, degrowth compared to a fantasy of growth forever, well, it might not look as good, but we can't do that. The fantasy, it can't happen. I mean, that's the, the burden, I guess, of understanding nature is that you can have your opinion on what you want, but nature doesn't care about our opinions. It's going to do its thing. And all the signs show that we are in overshoot, that our population, if we don't lower it ourselves, nature's going to do it for us. And nature won't do it so pretty. But we could, I mean, if you listen to my podcast on population, we could comfortably and peacefully and stably do globally what Thailand did locally, or actually on a national scale, that's pretty big, as did other nations, we could do that. Well, I don't want to get into the details. This was more about me struggling with something that it's a calling that I thought everybody had. Apparently, not everybody has. And I got to get comfortable with stepping up and taking on the role.